This is Sailor. Welcome to another episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey. What's up, everybody? Hey, hey, Sailor. How's it going? It's going. Good. We are in the thick of it in the holiday freaking season. Oh, my oh, God. Tell me about it. I mean, I love it, but... I hate it. I hate the holiday season. I'm in, I'm in retail, man. I can't. Oh, but I tell you what, man. It is food coma season. Yeah, <laughs> that's just my favorite part of the holidays is the food. I, I love forget everything else. Though. I love the holidays. Great. My favorite part of the holiday season is when it's over on January second. Oh, I'm like oh. the happiest person. Hey, uh, you don't funny. know what it's like to work for a supplier during the holidays, and I'm also the one that hosts everything and does all the cooking yeah, and all the got me there. This and the that. It's believe me, it is cuckoo. And I've been I'm traveling. In retail man, I deal with stupid people every day. <laughs> <laughs> but man, I that's like your exactly where Matt works. <laughs> yeah, around Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas, that's like your guy's Super Bowl, you know, in retail. It it's, is, uh, yeah, yeah. But remember, remember where I live too. It's a lot of snowbirds and transplants uh-huh. and uh-huh. French Canadians who don't speak English. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not that well, I have anything against French Canadians. Except that their whiskey sucks. But anyway. They do have a history on this show. But anyway. They're very polite <laughs> and they speak French. Exactly. Yes. They're not polite. Well, okay, I anyway. got something. I have something, you guys, that will make you feel a little bit better. Matt, this will lift your spirits. Um, I want to tell you a little bit, a, a story about a Mexican church that unveiled a baby Jesus statue that looks exactly like Phil Collins. <laughs> 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 okay, so the statue is nearly <laughs> 22 feet tall. It weighs 2,000 pounds and is made out of fiberglass. I have to see um, a picture of this. I'm gonna so Uh-oh. I'm gonna send you the picture, Uh-oh. Matt. If you would post it, I would appreciate it. Um, so okay, it's. I, so a sculptor named Roman Salvador crafted the statue um, and put it in um, a church in, um, I can't say the name of the city. Um, anyway, so the gigant, it's a gigantic baby Jesus. Like I said, it's 22 feet tall. Why in the hell a baby Jesus would be that big? I don't know. But anyway, it's a baby. Um, <laughs> it has uh, big blue eyes. Because Jesus had blue eyes, sure. And it's got a mullet. Um, it is literally. <gasps> did you look it up? <laughs> yes. 
Hang on, I'll show you the oh. picture. Of it. Oh. it literally looks the hair exactly. And everything. It's exactly Phil Collins. Like right, so this is uh, like '80s Phil Collins. Yes. <laughs> For the listeners, I'm showing a picture to Matt, and he is speechless. Oh man! Absolutely. What, what in the hell is that? Like, what in the hell is that? <laughs> like, what Maybe Phil Collins, don't you know? Oh, Look man. at the side by side. Someone posted yes, an incredible side is. by side. That's what I'm looking at. That is yeah. fantastic. So this so, is somebody's ribbing somebody on that. I'm sorry, that cannot be real. Dude, it, took some, be real. it took this guy years to make this. Years, and it was very, very expensive. So I don't think it's a joke. Not at this yeah. price tag. I mean, if it was taken, small, but must have taken Genesis a little too literally, I guess. Twenty-two <laughs> feet high. Can you imagine? You go to church and every Sunday, and that thing staring at you on the pulpit. But what <laughs> I want to know is how many babies have longish hair on the receding hairline. That well, that's a great question. <laughs> um, and whoever thinks that Jesus had blue eyes is another. Definitely well, not. Well, that's yeah, that's uh, yeah. That's all then. Well, I guess um, he felt it coming in the air. I guess. <laughs> Tonight. Oh Lord. <laughs> Hold I mean, on, I Matt. I can't stand. I can't walk. Is you know not accurate because he's standing. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we could do this all night, but let's not. <laughs> Take us home. Oh God! Oh, All right, dude, that is so good. I gotta post that. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah. So we're really here tonight because this is part two of our bad company episode. Uh, we are back to do the battle. Anyway, so we are going to be battling. Um, we decided to only go with two albums, which in hindsight, I think we should have gone with three, but whatever. We're here now. Um, and those two albums, uh, I will reveal after we talk about whiskey. So hang on to your undies for just a little bit longer. What's everyone drinking tonight? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh really <laughs> oh really yes i hope no one drank all your japanese whiskey you know, since last be, week no thing. in fact i'm still drinking it <laughs> from last week still working on that nika still working on that nika yes in fact i have not even changed my clothes i've been sitting here all week waiting for this goddamn battle <laughs> that's commitment i'll tell you right there man you must smell really bad. Oh, you have no Is your wife idea. out of town? She is she still out of, town. out of town. Yes. Okay. Yes. She Understood. is still out of town. So does yes. Henry just bring you like a glass of water and some bread every day? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Stale hey, Daddy, bread. Here's a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> Stale bread and dirty water. <laughs> like a prisoner. All right. Well, moving yes. on. Ed, what are you drinking? <laughs> Jesus. Oh. depressing. <laughs> Well, after getting into uh, getting to know Bad Company a little better last week, I figured, you know, they deserve a decent whiskey uh, to go with. So I pulled out my Jack Daniels single barrel barrel proof, um, <clears throat> which is a bottle that I absolutely love. 
not only is the bottle beautiful, but the juice inside is just amazing. And it's uh, this one comes in at 132.2 proof. So it it's it's way up there. I think this is probably the highest proof bottle I've ever owned of anything. Um, so the so only yeah. thing from them that I actually like is the barrel proof single barrel. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. You don't even like the standard? I mean, granted, you I may mean, not love it, but you don't even like it? I mean, if it's my only option, it? if it's my only option, I'll drink it, but it's not, you know. Okay. I'm not going to go to a bar and say Jack and Coke or, you know, whatever. Well, sure. But yeah. 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 So many other options these days. Yeah. But unless you're in, like, South America or something. Yes. Different story. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I decided I was going to stick with a music theme, and I am drinking, if you guys remember, a couple years ago for my birthday, um, my my lovely co-hosts sent me a very special bottle of Knob Creek that was hand-selected by Anthrax. It's a hmm. single-barrel reserve, 120 proof. Um, it was just a really killer gift and I still have half the bottle left because I, well, I nurse it and then I cut it a little bit since it's 120 proof. So it lasts a lot longer. Um, it's just one of my special bottles. So I have it right next to my blackened now. So that is what I am sipping on tonight. Um, I'm not a big knob Creek fan, but I, this, I absolutely loved. I do. I've had a few of their single barrel offerings and I've always really liked them. Um, so much just be something about their regular offering that I'm not a fan of. Maybe it's the proof level. I just don't find a lot of flavor in their regular offering, but these single barrels are just chock full of flavor. So much cherry, just lots of berries in it, lots of stone fruits, um, warm, just lots of maple and honey and brown sugar, baking spices, toasty, toasty notes, like toasted coconut, just real lots of lots of warm fresh bread just really really super delicious the devil you know so that is what i'm drinking tonight all right awesome sounds good i remember that and i remember enjoying that yes remember it fondly i sent you guys samples right yeah yes that's okay. what delicious. we're saying we remember yeah. we okay, drink okay. It. that's right okay good, drink good, it good. on our anthrax episode <laughs> right Yes. That oh, that's right. That's right. We did all. Did. Okay, that's yeah. right. I couldn't remember. It was so long. Oh my god, it feels like that was ten years ago. It really yeah. wasn't, but it feels like. Oh gosh, it was, it was over years. a year ago, though. It was well over a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well over a year. Yeah. Wow. Have we all mentioned? Right. I this, that's another thing. I was like, how long we've been doing this now? We yeah. are coming up very close. Well, we've been doing this technically over two years, but we're coming up on our. Very soon, our official uh, two-year anniversary. Wow. Time flies. Not only that, but by the time this show gets released, we'll be damn... Well, not super close, but we would be over like 85 episodes. So we are quickly approaching that century mark as far as episodes go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. It's another big thing. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have two big celebrations. One will be our two year anniversary officially, and then we'll have our hundredth anniversary. So that'll be really exciting. And so we'll have to bring back some old guests for our hundredth and one hundredth 
episode. Um, episode. So we'll have. I can't. Our hundredth anniversary is a ways I, off. Our hundredth. <laughs> our hundredth anniversary. Um, it's just uh, our heads on top of some weird boxes, preserved in some kind of weird liquid. Because <laughs> we're like three hundred. Yeah, we, we might have to. We're gonna pull out all the stops for that hundredth episode. We're gonna get everybody back. Or yes. like that. That Steve Martin. Uh, was it the man without a brain, or is that what yeah. it was called? Where he yes. had like the oh, brain in the yeah. jar? That movie is so <laughs> yeah, the BS. <laughs> the no, three brains you. in the jar. Oh my god, no, thanks. <laughs> Ew, creepy thoughts. Steve okay, Hart. let's move on. Terrible, terrible. So, who wants to know? The Balbums are battling tonight. I have a feeling the listeners are like me. I want to know. Yeah, so, we've kept him in suspense long enough. I think, I think we have. I've been so, sitting here all week. I want to know too. Well, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a big shocker, but here we go. We are battling. Bad Company's first album, self-titled Bad Company, in corner number one. And then in corner number two, we have Straight Shooter. <laughs> Let's start with the first album. So Bad Company, self-titled, was released in 1974. The album's been certified five times platinum and became the 46th best-selling album of the 1970s. Um, it spent 25 weeks in the UK on the UK album charts, entering at number 10 and reaching its highest position of number three in the second week. So I have a feeling um, that no one's surprised that we would cho- choose this one. What do you guys think? Uh, nope, I'm not. Uh, but yeah, I'm again, yeah. this is a uh, so, so many bands. I don't know how there are so many bands that come out this strong um, and it seems to be kind of a recurring theme. There's so what are the, what are the big hits on this album? Of course. Well, before we get to the big hits yeah. last week, we had talked about it's the placement that this um, album got being the 46th um, yeah. album, you know, best album of the 1970s. And we talked about, you know, like what heavy hitters, came out and mm. I just wanted to give just talk about that just a little bit. Yeah, put this um, into context. So I mean you had uh you had um Floyd releasing Dark Side of the Moon. Ooh, yep. Um even though I can't stand the Grateful Dead, you had American <laughs> Beauty, which is one of their massive hits, Deep Purple, um Black Sabbath's Paranoid, um Fleetwood Max Rumors, uh you had uh, James Taylor, Sweet Baby James, Led Zeppelin Three, Hotel Fucking California, um, London Calling, The Clash, Jimi Hendrix, Simon and Garfunkel, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, um, The Who, uh, Bob Dylan, who we all don't like on the show, um, David Bowie's Hunky Dory. I mean, just th- like th- the amount of bands or rock bands or you know radio hits and to be the 46th is incredible rolling stones uh sticky fingers um the velvet underground um so i 
when I went to look through the list, I was just like, damn, that really is an incredible, um, an incredible like, place to be in good, co- good company. Instead yo, of, oh, company. you took it from me. I was yeah. like, it sounds like good company, not bad company. <laughs> good company for bad company. Yep. <laughs> so, um, like just just to reiterate what Matt said last week, the hit singles off this album are ridiculous. Can't get enough. Moving on. Rock steady. Bad company. Don't let me down. And ready for love. Like Jesus. So the way that the album is laid out, um, so you've got all your. It's it's interesting the way they laid it out. So you've got can't get enough. Rock steady. Ready for love. Don't let me down. Bad company. The way I choose. Moving on. Seagulls. Very, very interesting. Um, so uh, what do you guys, who, who wants to talk about their thoughts and feelings on this album first? I thought the, um, I, I, since you, you mentioned the way the album was laid out, the way the uh, songs were arranged, I really think they did a great job um, with that too. From, you know, starting out with a really super strong uh, I love it when they they start out strong, like um, Can't Get Enough. Um, yeah. we, we saw that with Journey 2 um, on some of their albums. They would start out really strong. Um, then Rock Steady, Ready for Love. Um, and then Ending with Seagull is such a, a, a beautiful ending for yeah. that uh, album, I think. So, yeah, really glad I got I listened to this one. I listened to it. A couple times, and this is one of those albums where, uh, for me, I just have to be in the right mood to listen to it. Because I think the first time I listened to these albums, it really wasn't doing it for me. But I came back to it, and I just happened to be in the right mood. And like, oh yeah, I get it now. Okay, and now I know why this this album is so popular. Uh, So, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. The, the, for me, the two probably the weakest songs on the album were um, Six and Seven, The Way I Choose, and Moving On. Um, but other than that, you know, none of the other songs on the album I could see myself skipping when listening to God, it. I think Moving On is one of their strongest songs. Jeez. Hmm. How about you, Matt? What do you think? Well, I have to second a couple things that you said. Ed, and the first one being from last week when you had mistaken them for an American rock band. And, dude, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, just the sound reminded me of, like you said, Skinnerd. Like, there's some, like, Stevie Ray Vaughan in there also. It, I was, I was. You know, if I if I hadn't known already, I would have. You said it, and you're like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, there's a lot of American sort of that genre of rock in there. Uh, my first time listening to a Bad Company album from front to back, as I had said last week, um, I had been exposed to the hits, mostly just the title track from the title album, uh, from the self-titled album. But dude, there's blues rock. There's so much sexiness on this album. This is a sexy, a sexy band, a sexy album. Um, the way they put their songs together, the lyrics, everything about it is just really sexy. 
there's some like real cool like gospely things on this album too like don't let me down you got like mm-hmm. the choir like i dig that a lot um kind of a lower production mm-hmm. value uh, which normally I probably wouldn't like, but it's part of the charm of this album to me anyway. Um, it's a little rough around the edges, but I can, if it's the right band with the right material, it can kind of all come together and sound great. And it's there's a simplicity to it that I just love. Um, so I'm a huge fan of this album, listening to it front to back. All the hits are there. The stuff that wouldn't be considered hits, I enjoyed enough where I wasn't like, holy shit, that's fucking terrible. Mm. Um, so it wasn't a th- diarrhea Sunday. It was not a diarrhea Sunday. <laughs> oh my God. It was not. Let's no, no, not far, go back to that. far, 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 far from a diarrhea Sunday. Have you uh, gotten any hate mail for that, by the way? Uh, no, <laughs> not yet. I'll make sure I change that. <laughs> I stand by my opinion. Uh, anyway, so great, great stuff here. Great stuff. Um, the hits are the hits, but it's just, it's a fucking rock album. I'm like, I don't know what else to say about it. It's just, I love how it's rough around the edges. I love how it might not be production value wise, a thousand percent, but it just works. And, you know, I was listening to this. I was I was taking my wife to the airport and it was probably the third time I had listened to it through. And we're just sitting there. We're in traffic, but we're just fucking rocking out. And I'm like, that's what I want. That's like, that's what I want from the album. I want like if I'm in traffic, this is the album I want mm. there. <laughs> like it was it was entertaining. Um, and to what Ed said again before you kind of have to be in a certain mood to listen to this. I could see myself sitting in the backyard already having a few drinks and just wanting to chill out and just putting this on there and just grooving to it. And it's so good. And I could see why it came out of the gate so hot, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, this is has been one of my favorite albums for years and years and years. Um, I think I discovered, and I mentioned that I saw them in concert at a big festival or some shit when I was really young. I don't know that I can, I mean, I remembered their songs. I don't know that I remembered exactly their name. Like if I heard a song, I would remember, Oh, that was the band I saw. So I don't think I, I would say I discovered them till I was about 12, 11, 12. And, um, I just remember being just, I don't know. I, it just, it hits me in all the right places. It's, you know, it's like, it's, and I hate to use the word grungy because I think this is the best use of that term in a band like this, you know, that really grungy seventies rock, like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. that street sound that just like straight up shot in a you. beer rock, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that was the kind of simplicity I was talking about, like that yeah. kind of, yeah. Just straight, straight up rock, you know, like, yeah. um, you, you know, you, you can, you would imagine everybody wearing jeans and a t-shirt and just chilling yeah. out, you know, simple, yeah. Um, shot in a beer, uh, and and I I love that about this. I love Paul. I think Paul's voice is unbelievable. Um, the power in that voice, the sound of it. Um, l- like I mentioned, uh. 
last week the the coal the the dirt and raspiness in there but his control of his voice is unbelievable hitting everything his tone um the way he would change keys and and he could just he could do a song like um bad company and then he could do a song like ready for love um or don't let me down or or seagulls like you said ed and just he's got a beautiful beautiful voice and this is just this is a great example of just straight up great rock and roll period you know the only other singer i can think of from that era who comes close to that is it he reminds me a lot of bob bob seger in some ways yeah that yeah i totally yeah yeah, i can totally see that absolutely yeah yeah bob seger is a good although i think paul's voice is better I think his voice is much, much better because I think he has a lot more um, flexibility in his voice and can change his tone a lot more, in my opinion. So I just I yeah. feel like that's I would say he's. But yeah, that's a, that's a great comparison. Um, so I think that. Um, I don't know when I hear this album, it it also really makes me feel like the seventies felt. And it's funny because when I look back at pictures of the seventies and, you know, you don't realize that there's like a atmosphere to things until you look back on them, you know, Mm -hmm. and especially like growing up in New York city. And I feel like everything looks really dirty. (laughs) You know, like our environment was really dirty in the seventies. There was smog. Every city had terrible (laughs) smog problems. And the rivers were filthy and, you know, we had rivers catching on fire. And, um, I mean, you had the same problem in, in Chicago, Ed, and for Matt and I, I mean, not well, only were they dumping shit in there, but there were bodies, you know, you, popping up left and right. Yeah. Well, you think about it, they, they came up with a woodsy owl back then. They actually had to go out and do regular yeah. PSA advertisements on yep. TV. Telling yep. people not to pollute, not to litter, and all this. And the na- remember the Native American. I know we've talked yes. about this before. The Native American oh, yeah, guy with, with the, the one tear. Yes. <laughs> oh, classic. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah I mean. Yeah, it, that it was just, a really big thing back then. The streets that I would walk down in New York. I mean, everything smelled like piss. There was garbage, like litter everywhere. You know, and just pot. There was a famous garbage strike in New York City in the 1970s. It happened again in the 80s. You know, so there was like it was during the middle of summer and it was oh. like piles and piles of garbage. The well, rats. Se- yeah. The rats. Seventies, eighties New York was filled. Like a different planet. Yeah. Like like if you were to if you were to take somebody now and go back and just no transplant them They'd back shit themselves. into New York. They would shit exactly. They would shit themselves. If you were to go if you were in Times Square in twenty nineteen and you oh. were you were to go to Times Square and this is Manhattan. This is not even like any of the other yeah, boroughs. Borough, but if you were to yeah. go to if you were to go to Times Square in 1985, even 1985, when they still um, had triple X theaters and porn movies, and it was all <laughs> it was all that smut and everything yeah. there. Yeah. It wasn't like the high end bars. But that was all the major cities, though, because 
when we would yeah. go to L.A., if you look at pictures of L.A. from the 70s, that's filthy also. Hollywood Boulevard, like you you get murdered just stepping foot on Hollywood Boulevard. It was filth. Philadelphia, yeah. we used to call it Smelladelphia. Pittsburgh, like all the major cities were were just, it was a filthy, dirty period of time. It and, was. Yeah. You know. In all I, aspects. Yeah. In, in all aspects. And yeah. I feel like I can remember my grandmother like being on her hands and knees, like scrubbing the floors in the house, like in the most intense way possible. And I feel like it was so much more important to make sure your house was like sparkling clean because everywhere else was just total filth. It's true. You know? <laughs> you <laughs> it's think true. About it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the reason I, I bring that up is so when I look back on the 70s and I think about the environments that I experienced, I, I've it gives me this certain feeling and bad company has that feeling, that dirt, dirty, grungy. Um, but somehow, and also I'm a kid, right? So there's also like a homey feeling to it and a really laid back feeling to it. The 70s were definitely laid back, like, you know, we say that all the time and I would agree. I would definitely agree with that. Um, and so I feel like bad company is such a great, it's like the sound of the seventies and not the, the hippy dippy shit. <laughs> hippy dippy. Hippy dippy. So, all right, let's move on to the next album. Feel like making Oh, and by the way, quick tidbit that I just want to mention that I forgot from Bad Company. Ready for Love was originally written and recorded by Mick Ralphs during his time with Mott the Hoople for their 1972 album. Does anybody know what it is? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? No? No, sorry. <laughs> All the young dudes. You guys know that song, right? Or the album, I hope. No. No? Matt? No. You Sorry. Don't... I've Bowie never sings it. Mock the Hoople? Mott the Hoople. Mott the Hoople. We mentioned them last week. Yes. I know. I, I But I've you... never that's Bowie I've never heard of them that before. that fucking song. Oh, my God. Okay, forget it. All right. Put it on the calendar. Let's go. <laughs> we're doing Mott it. We're doing, we're doing Mott the Hoople. That's our first show of 2020. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Mott the Hoople. All right. You guys just want me to keep saying that name. All right. Great name. Let's talk about Straight Shooter, which was released in 1975. A month after the release of the single Good Love Gone Bad and four months before the album's second single, Feels Like Making Love, the album reached number three in the UK album charts and the US Billboard 200. It was certified gold just a month after it was released. So your hit singles on this one are Good Loving Gone Bad, Feel Like Making Love, and Shooting Star that we talked about in depth on our show last week. You still have the original four members. And so this is how the lineup goes on the album. You've got Good Loving Gone Bad, Feel Like Making Love, Weep No More, Shooting Star, Deal With the Preacher, Wildfire Woman, Anna, and Call On Me. All right, who wants to go first? Um, 
So, there are four major points that I will make about this album. First of all, everything I said about the first album as far as production value goes, obviously there's, you can just hear it sonically. It's better production on this album. It's not as rough. Um, the sexiness, I talked about the first album. There's more sexiness on this album. Um, and I'm going to go to something I teased last week and Sailor said it. You may have missed it, but she mentioned Chris Cornell last week. I'm sitting in the car today listening to this album, and there were points. And the thing about Chris Cornell, and we've talked about him ad nauseum on the show, whether it be the Soundgarden episode or Greatest Singers or whatever, but one of the main reasons why I love Chris Cornell and just his voice is that he can take you to a depth where he kind of lulls you into this uh, hypnosis, if you will, where his voice gets to a point where you're just, you're kind of just waiting for that next high note. You know, you're just lulled into something that you really can't explain. And then all of a sudden he hits you with the high, the raspy, the the powerful, where you're just like, holy shit, I can't. Perfect example of that, like a stone. Where it mm-hmm. starts out and then yes. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Where he totally lulls agree. you into this and then he hits the high raspiness and you're like, can this be the same singer? Yeah. And I know this guy, is, he's a fantastic singer. I didn't get so much of this on the first album. But on this album, that was the first thing my mind went to. And Sailor, last week when you said that and I made that kind of side comment – I was like, Jesus Christ, you're you're in my head. You are absolutely in my head about this. Um, so I was in the car today, and that's what I felt about this album, is that I I, I was getting the Chris Cornell vibes, and I kind of got a chill when I said that. I was like, holy shit, like I can, I can actually make a comparison to Cornell because you can't really do that too easily. No. But I could actually do that here. Um, and then the last point, and... Not to, it's the last point, but it's certainly a very important point. One of the most important songs I feel uh, that have been written, and that's Shooting Star. So, and we talked about it last week, how important that song was to the time. And Mm -hmm. I think this is a song that can transcend multiple generations because I feel... It, it's still the subject matter of it is still relevant no matter what generation you're in. Unfortunately, you're, you're, yes. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. I mean, obviously it was written at a certain time for a certain group of people that had been lost their peers. Hendrix and Joplin. Exactly. Was it? it was Hendrix, Joplin, and somebody else. Shit, I'll have to look it up. Yeah, but I mean, you could, you could apply it to any generation that loses people too early for the same reasons. So it's a very important song. And like you said last week, Sailor, it's a moving song where you mm-hmm. listen to it and it makes you think about those other artists that you listen to and that were gone too early. Um, so this is a great fucking album. Um, the connection with Cornell is very important to me, as everyone on the show knows who listens, how I feel about him. And it's just a great album, and that's where I have to leave it for now. So I'm going to throw it to Ed. All right. Um, again, I'm 
I really like this album. Um, I don't think I'm quite as enthusiastic as Matt about it, but I will say this kind of mirrors what they did. Some of the, the best, best things about the first album um, coming on strong with a, an awesome rockin' tune right at the beginning. Um, Good Love and Gone Bad, and then moving into Feel Like Making Love, which is, you know... I don't know if I could have told you before this if that, that Bad Company sang that song. I know that was a song I I liked, but I wasn't probably couldn't have told you who sang it. So I'm like, oh, that's Bad Company. And I had one of those moments. <laughs> um, it's like so, how I felt with Heart. With, yeah. with like 80s Heart, I felt the same way. Yeah. Just saying. Um, and then... You know, Shooting Star. Shooting Star sounded familiar. I'm sure I'd heard it before. Oh, my God. But, Again, um, played on the radio like every day oh, in every okay. city and state. Well, to me, it, it, it <laughs> just like I had that that feeling like, yeah, I, I pro- it sounded familiar. But, you know, it's not like, oh, yeah, I know this song. Um, and then Deal with the Preacher I really liked. Um then I think what was it the I thought the weakest songs on the album were Weep No More, Wildfire Woman, Anna, and Call On Me. Um, I think I might have to listen to those a few more times to really appreciate them, because um, that that's another thing that I think is um, for me to listen to an album two or three times. It's almost a little unfair. Um, because a lot of times it'll take me a lot longer to warm up to a song than all of a sudden, you know, I'll, I'll really like it. But given my limited amount of time here to get through this, um, that that's my impression. See, but that's Um, why we do this though, because you should, I mean, if a song is really like, holy shit, it's, mm -hmm. it's going to hit you right away. You shouldn't have to listen to it. You know what I mean? Over and over and over. You should just love it right away. Like, oh, the song's fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. I think that's the most honest way, in in my opinion. Yeah, that you and you make you make a great point. If it doesn't grab you right away, um, yeah, you might like it a little more later, but it's not going to be like, oh yeah, this is a great song. Mm -hmm. Um, so overall, I think it's a pretty pretty solid sophomore album. Um. And, and it, 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 this is really tough for me to uh, to compare to the first one um, because to me they were so neck and neck um, after the first couple listens. Um, I did what Matt did a while ago mm. and talked about doing is like scoring each of the songs from <laughs> one to five and trying to visualize it that way and be a little more um, calculating about it. And having done that and then go re- revisiting the song list, I think um, I'm ready to declare a winner eventually, but not the second. First, I want to hear what Sailor thinks of this album. Okay. So um, just to go back to Shooting Star, it was written really about Hendrix, Joplin, and Jim Morrison. It was the three okay. of them. You know, just really prolific musicians or, or artists that were gone too soon. Um, so this album for me, I love this album um, so much. I love um, the big, the big hit singles are some of my favorite bad company songs for sure. And feel like making love was like the song to make out to back in the day. 
<laughs> back in the 80s. <laughs> if that I mean, song came it's, on, you knew you were going to be making out. And then as you got older, something else. Um, but th- there's a couple, there's two songs on here that it's interesting because they're not the popular songs. Um, but the talent of Rogers in his lyric writing, he's such a poet. Um, just the way, th- I mean, think about Shooting Star. For first, let's let's just talk about Shooting Star. The lyrics in Shooting Star, how to, um, how you can articulate a feeling like that through music, sure. Um, but to articulate it lyrically, like he did with lines like, you know, Johnny said, "Don't cry, Mama. Smile and wave goodbye." That. God gets me in the throat every time. And I've heard that song millions of millions of times. Um, if you listen to the wind, you can still hear him play. Um, just mm-hmm. so beautifully composed, beautifully written and arranged. It's just a killer song. And I feel like that about the song Call On Me. Um, and and musically, it's it's not one of my favorite songs, but if you read the lyrics to it, which I, I suggest you do, it's written so incredibly well. Um, like, here, let me read you a piece from it. When the clear light of a winter's day blows cold and hard and the future is gray, you can always have the fire of love to keep you warm as the sun above. Call on me, call on me, I'll be by your side. I just, I feel like his his lyrical talent is, just really beautiful. Um, even in even in their rock songs, he's just got what it takes to write lyrics, you know. Um, and I feel that way with "Weep No More." Such a beautifully, beautifully written song. song. And if you know, so Paul didn't write th- write this one himself. Um, this is written about a time in this guy's life and what he was going through. And it's a heartbreaking song, um, just so, so well written. Again, like I mentioned last week, I think that these guys were put under some really unfair pressure, you know, to be told that this album isn't successful, to be told that their next album isn't successful is such fucking bullshit. And I think if they were given a break, I think their trajectory as a band may have gone very differently. Um, But, you know looking looking at this album up against oof up against the bad company it's a tough one mm-hmm. um there is a little tiny bit of trivia here there was a b-side to one of the singles to good love and gone bad does anybody know what that song is on the b-side i do well why don't you tell the listeners is that the one that's called a whiskey bottle Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> great song. It actually is a really great song. And um, I don't know why it get more popular, but um, uh, we'll play it here so you guys can hear it and then go out and Google it. Um, so it's interesting because there's a lot more trivia connected to this song, actually. Um, but let me play a piece of it for you. I'm sitting here in Memphis with a whiskey bottle in my hand. I've 
Okay, right? Great song. Love this song. Um, so I think, you know, for me, you know how I always will pick songs and go, could I have a world without this song? Um, and then I, I, then I look at the album as a total album, how it was arranged, how they, they lined up the songs. Um, and, and honestly, for me with straight shooter, I feel like making love and shooting star. I, I don't know if I can have a world without the song shooting star. I feel like making love. I, is it fucking one of my favorite songs? I can live without it if I have to. Shooting star, I just, ah, but their self-titled album has just got two, it's just killer from, from front to back. It's just every single song on that album is just mind blowing. So, um, I have to go with Bad Company's self-titled album. So there you have it. Well, I feel like in my mind, both these I'm sure you probably would echo the sentiment, Sailor, but both these albums are winners in my mm. book. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. in this format, we have to pick one. There can yeah. be one, only yes. one. Yes. Um, so <clears throat> by the slightest of margins, I'm going to have to agree with Sailor and go with the self-titled Bad Company um, simply because out of all the songs that I consider stronger and weaker, I think Straight Shooter for me had a, a couple more weaker of the weaker songs on the weaker side, but not to take anything away from the album. But I, so yeah, I just have to go with uh, Bad Company because great album. What else can I say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So despite all the great things I said about Straight Shooter, I am going to have to be in agreement with my co-hosts here and go with self-titled yes um and it all hinges for me around the title track because that the title track holds a lot of importance for me as the one song that is always rotated my playlist it's it's a song that um it it has although not overtly stated in the song it does have kind of military kind of connotations to it it was songs that my both my brothers listened to a lot during their deployments and it was is a very important song and uh, you know it, it that with the package of the entire album being what it is despite all the great things i said about straight shooter and how they kind of progress in their sound and they amplified everything great that i said about the first album I still have to go with the first album, uh, so I have to be in agreement with Sailor and agreement with Ed that I have to go with the self-titled album. Wow. Well, yes. I don't. I. I. I've not. Have not been keeping track. If we often, I don't think we often are unanimous. I think it's we sweep. happened. Yeah. It, this it, it's is. Happened this a, is it's happened a couple, couple of times, times, but yeah. it's in the minority. That's for so, sure. It really wasn't much of a cutthroat battle tonight like it was with Journey. <laughs> no, <laughs> quite the opposite. But we're not taking anything away from that second album because... No, right. God Straight no. Shooter is a fantastic 
It's an amazing album and it sucked to have to compare these two albums with each other. Um, You know, and like I said, a world without the song shooting star in it just isn't a world I want to live in. So thank God, um, you know, I don't have to make that choice. And, you know, luckily uh, Matt and I don't have to go our separate ways like we did in the journey battle. (laughs) Mm. Boom. See, Ed, I'm learning. No Uh, diary is Sundays today. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to hit you in the mouth next time I see you for that still. That's going to stick oh. with me for a long time. You're not going to get you're not going to get out I, of that. I can't take credit for that line. I stole it from somebody else, but it, I thought it was it was apropos for that time. But yeah. Well, whoever you stole it from, I'll hit them in the mouth too. So yeah. there you go. Oh man, I just can't get enough of this. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Ed, you're just a shooting star Great. in a good oh, way. All right. Moving on. Let's go. Oh, we're are we moving on? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Moving on. Let's go. <laughs> well, that's it. There you have it. <laughs> the winner of tonight's battle is the self-titled album released in 1974 by the original four members of Bad Company. Bad Company. You can't <laughs> All right, take us out of here. I've had it. So, sorry. So, thanks for listening. Uh, We hope you enjoyed that discussion as much as we always do. And as always, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Twitter. As Metal Rock and Whiskey. Twitter. And we aren't the only show on this network that we have. Spirit of Rock Podcast Network. Metal Rock and Whiskey is the flagship. We have Pretty Good for a Girl. We have Wrestling with Respect, we have Love on the Rocks, and we have the Unstoppable podcast, When Particles Collide. We have a bunch of stuff for a bunch of different ears, so check it out, please. If you subscribe, you'll get all those shows. Um, And we also have a super cool Facebook group under said network, Spirit of Rock Podcast Network. Uh, and follow us individually. As always, we are always posting cool stuff, kind of. Uh, Ed's a little better at it recently. Same. Dude, I have, to, I have to give you fucking super props, man, because I just saw that you posted that you had 900 followers. It's creeping up. It's creeping up, dude. I'm telling you. You have the algorithm, whatever you have, man. <laughs> you, are, you are doing it right, dude. Now you can't see likes on Instagram either. You can see your own. Yeah, but I love that. I think it's fantastic. I think it's fine. I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, who really cares? That's pretty much you just kind of want to know how your own stuff is doing anyway. Well, that's like the attention whore thing that I've never liked about it. You know, it's like, oh, and paying for likes and all that shit. Yeah, it's like you're showing off. No, don't do that. But, uh, but, but But Ed is doing it right. So you better follow him if you haven't already. Uh, but you can find me if you're interested in some douche. Um, at the whiskey obsessor, <laughs> that is whiskey save the e, sailor. I'm sailor retro on the internet, and they can find me at said Instagram account at Bourbon Geek. Oh God! And hey, listeners, if you happen to love us or even just like us, please hit that subscribe button, give us a review because it really does matter. We will love you for it. And of course, tune in next week where we will be back again for a very special episode. 
of metal rock and whiskey. What do I mean by that? Well, you kind of have to tune in and see. Yeah, next week's episode is going to be good. So fuck you, Rolling Stone magazine. We're out of here. Later, everybody. Sayonara. I love you more.